This is Some Scuffs. My name is Davelle Lee, and we're doing a mini-series called The Blanket Fort Sessions. In this series, I'll be reading personal essays that I've collected from some friends of mine on how they managed to discover connection during the circuit breaker. This is essay number two, and it's written by a young woman named Lauren, who's a 20-year-old student currently studying at Yale and US College. The circuit breaker kept Lauren away from someone who is extremely important to her. But it isn't who you think. Here's her essay. Connections Beyond the Human Realm Many consider dogs to be man's best friend, and maybe you would agree with this statement. But as someone who's been writing for a significant number of years now, I challenge this statement to say that horses are a man's best friend. Actually, I'll retract that statement. Horses are any girl's best friend. I was just 13 years young when horses came into my life. The irony of it being that I was not in fact the one who asked to ride. My parents, stereotypically Asian, insisted I found a sport to be good at. And I showed little interest or talent at ball games, racket games, or anything really that they introduced me to. At the wit's end, they decided that a seemingly futile goal at introducing me to horse riding would be worth an attempt. In 2013, little did they know, it would have been more than a successful attempt. I thought I'd be galloping away into the sunset on my first lesson, but I couldn't have been more wrong. The first few lessons entailed learning the basics of how to walk alongside a horse, how to approach a horse safely in the stable, and how to saddle a horse. Equestrians term this as tacking up. Nevertheless, though the actual experience was significantly less exciting than I had initially imagined, being around horses felt special. And very different somehow from being around other animals. It brought me a sense of peace and stillness that I found nowhere else in my life. And because I generally dealt with a lot of anxiety and nervous energy when I was younger, this feeling of tranquility really appealed to me. It was from this point onwards that I decided I wanted horses to be in my life for a long time to come. Perhaps you're hearing this now, and your impression of me is that I'm just another spoiled rich kid who can afford to ride horses as my hobby. But maybe, just maybe, I can change your mind about how you see me and the rest of the equestrian community in Singapore, if I can help you to see horse riding through my eyes. In particular, what horses mean to me and how they represent the ability to transcend the realm of human connection. I remember the small, shy girl who came out of her shell to forge a connection with four-legged gentle giants. 
like a band-aid applied to a wound. The days I went out to the stables clouded the jarring failures of my failed attempts at human connection. Fitting in at school, striking even a civil conversation with those who lived at home with me, holding a conversation over text. Those never quite worked out as well as the days I walked into the stables with boots on my feet and a carrot in my hand. Having been subject to bullying and some rather nasty remarks hurled at me by my peers and teachers in primary school, I was very reserved in social situations and always hesitated to interact with those around me. Six years into the future, just this time last year in fact, I found Streisand. Amidst the shards of broken trust and broken relationships in my life, she was the horse I chose to lease with money I had saved up myself. Being with Streisand calms me. It starts with the comforting, sweet smell of hay at the moment I step foot into the stables. As I walk up to Streisand's stall, she always peeks out to see who's coming. When she notices that it's me who's approaching her, she often lets out a soft nicker in recognition, which puts a smile on my face every time. Before I start preparing for my ride, I stroke her golden brown face and play with her silvery white mane, and she gives my shoulder a soft nudge, almost as if she were saying, I'm happy you've come to see me again today. I've never been that comfortable with physical contact with other people, but I always look forward to the next time I can throw my hands around Streisand's neck, with her head resting lightly on my shoulder. The affection she reciprocates makes all my troubles melt away. And in those early days, she gave me the confidence that I, a withdrawn and reserved individual, also had the chance of connecting, of being important, having a friend. Indeed, she was far from human, but she gave me a chance, one that I had been afraid to ask of other humans. A chance to look beyond my very, very human flaws, and a chance to prove that I was capable of loving and being loved. And this unprecedented relationship with a friend far from human conceived my ability to form meaningful human connections too. As my love for Streisand grew, my confidence in my ability to love, to be loving, grew as well. Since meeting her, I've met some of my closest friends yet. I've overcome the fear that I was incapable of emotional investment, and my existence was no longer founded on shunning those who made me feel like I was less than them. Then the circuit breaker happened. I pined for her. For the first week or two, my inability to physically connect with Streisand took a jab at my physical and mental health. In a world so globalized, 
the media tells us that we don't have to meet people physically to keep in touch, that our loved ones are just a video call away. But how am I supposed to communicate with my best friend when she doesn't own a cell phone? When my best friend doesn't even speak? Daily, I continued to post pictures of Streisand on my Instagram account. As Gen Z's would call it, my spam account. In desperation of perhaps continuing to feel close to her in one space, a public space. But what I didn't expect was my human friends actually replying to these posts, even sympathizing with how difficult it was for me to be physically away from Streisand. I used to get teased for being horse girl when I was younger and I detested that nickname because it was set with such mockery. And so I didn't expect any of my friends to get how important horses are to me, let alone offer me comforting words when I voiced my disappointment over not being able to see Streisand. But they proved the negative voices in my head so wrong. At first, I was hesitant. The thin threads of friendship that tied me to the people around me was strung together with the confidence I found in Streisand. And I felt wary, even disoriented, to navigate the possibility of connection without her. Eventually, however, I did realize that this sense of human connection provided me with solace, a means of grounding myself despite the shakiness of social distancing, self-isolation, lockdowns, and swap tests. More importantly, I realized that while it was physically impossible to remain in touch with Dryson, she was the reason I could turn to humans for connection throughout the circuit breaker period. And if not for me meeting her, any semblance of a meaningful relationship with another person in this time of isolation and quarantine would have been distant and unknown to me. In the two months of the circuit breaker, I've entertained numerous Zoom calls, played one too many rounds of code names and scribblio, even received food sent to my house on my birthday in April. But I write this now with heightened awareness that all these friendships, all these connections would not have been possible without the one central integral starting point of my ability to actually be brave, brave enough to take my friends outstretched arms and make an attempt at building bridges I never imagined I would even want to cross. Sometimes, or rather most of the time, connection finds itself regardless of physical proximity. I find myself a mere meter away from the people I meet daily, at a hawker centre to buy food, at the park in my neighbourhood I jog at, or even just along the streets as I walk my dog. I'm approximately seven kilometres away from the stables, and yet I know I'm closer to her than I ever will be to anyone I meet in those transient physical interactions. And every day, I still find her. In the Zoom calls. In the games I play online. 
in my conversations over text. I may not have seen her for a whole two months, but it is this physical distance that led me to a space of connection with her and beyond my friendship with her. I caught up with Lauren after the circuit breaker had lifted to see how she and Streisand had been doing. So we've been able to go back to the stables for those of us who own and lease horses. But with like, we can't interact with the people around us. And we have this like really strict time limit to follow. So we have to finish everything in one and a half hours. So that includes like saddling up, grooming the horses, riding as well as showering them after. So it is a bit of a rush, but of course, we're all really happy to be back. Um, I'm personally very happy to see her again. When I heard about the fact that we could go back, I was actually on a call with my boyfriend and I started screaming. And I think I cried. <laughs> Lauren's been riding for six years and leasing Streisand for one and a half. I asked her what makes the human-horse relationship so special as compared to other animals like dogs. I think in general, I'm a bit of an anxious person. Uh, I give off a little bit of anxious, like nervous energy. But if you bring that nervous energy to horses, um, it just doesn't go down well. Horses tend to mirror emotions, so they get anxious too. They start like looking out for danger. They start getting very flighty. They start thinking that you're a threat, and they may even get aggressive at some point. So you really need to learn how to be calm, you need to be still with them. And they may actually like take off with you while you're riding them, if you're giving off a lot of that nervous energy. So they really teach me to refocus, be at peace with myself, and just be calm and be still. With dogs, like, they're very affectionate, very loving, but I don't think they require me to be in that same state of like tranquility as horses do. And I think I appreciate that um, a lot about my interactions with them because they really calm me down. I think with Streisand, I learned that I had to approach a social interaction with like not a point of overconfidence, but a sense of like, oh, I believe that I can make this work. I believe that I am worthy of that connection. I used to be my own number one hater. I used to think that no social interaction would go well. I shouldn't take the first step because I was just completely very self-conscious. I didn't trust myself. She taught me that I need to believe in myself first to be able to connect with other people. Like, I can't start a friendship expecting the worst out of it, expecting myself to mess up. I mentioned in my essay that I was subject to quite a lot of bullying in primary school. And so like that made me quite defensive to the people around me. But I think she taught me to understand that not everyone is bad. Not everyone is going to hurt me. And to actually put more trust in the people around me. And I think that led me to a lot of meaningful relationships. When I spoke to Lauren, 
Phase two of Singapore's reopening was just underway, and she talked about what she was looking forward to most. So I haven't been able to have lessons. I only am able to like self ride because they consider lessons as sports training, which I I completely agree with. But they do let us in for self rides because of animal welfare issues. If they don't get exercise for a longer period of time, they can develop some health issues that go along with that. But I'm really excited for lessons to start back up again because when I first came back, my riding was a disaster. My coach messaged me and was like, "You know, you need to do this, this, this a lot more." And when I saw you riding yesterday, I just wanted to face palm. Like, can you make sure that you do this, this, this on your next ride? So I'm really excited for lessons to start again. That was Lauren. She hosts a podcast named "The Urban Equestrian." It covers everything you ever wanted to know about horse riding in Singapore. You can find her past episodes on Instagram at the dot urban dot equestrian, and look out for her new ones on her SoundCloud feed. I'll leave both links in the description. Thanks for listening. Do you have a personal essay you want to share about how the pandemic is changing the way you connect with other people or animals? <laughs> Drop me an email. Or give me a shout on the website. It's sumscuffs.com. We want to hear it. Theme song for this episode was provided by Sobs, and sound design, as always, was by Lee Jarrett.